This episode of the Jamer K podcast is brought to you by From Within Records. Have you had a chance to pick up your copy of the From Within Records fanzine number three? It's only limited to 50 copies. So go check out the From Within Records big cartel. It might be sold out at this time of recording, but if not, go do yourself a favor and support From Within Records doing this fanzine. It's awesome. Or if it is sold out, they're nice enough to have a Google Drive link up for everybody to read the zine for free, which is super awesome. I couldn't ask for anything more. So shout out to From Within Records for doing that. And go follow From Within Records on social media. Go boot up your Twitter and Instagram. Click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news. Shackled dropping their new record in the winter time. I couldn't think of a better way to spend winter. It's humid and hot. And I know it's worse in other places. I'm out here in beautiful Orange County, California, where the weather is nice for the majority of the year. But when we're here in the trenches of summer and I'm sweating and melting and just dreaming of the cold. And I just can't wait because this year when it gets cold, Christmas time, all the fun shit, Disney during Christmas time, we're going to be able to stream that new Shackled record and it's going to be fucking awesome. So I can't wait. So go follow From Within Records and stay up to date on all the current news. And like I always say, please support From Within Records because they support us. On today's episode, we had to track down my good friend, Ben Stuckey. It was such a pleasure for me to sit down and talk to Ben. I've been a fan of his band Spirit Flaw since they dropped their demo. And for anyone listening who hasn't had a chance to check out Spirit Flaw, I highly suggest you hit pause, go boot up your Spotify title, Apple Music Bandcamp, go search out Spirit Flaw, go listen to the demo, go listen to their single Exit Wound. Great band, and I'm looking forward to all the new music that they're working on. But seriously, it was such a pleasure to be able to talk to Ben and just hear the perspective of a younger kid in hardcore, someone that has a lot of passion. And it just kind of not really restored my faith, but just made me more hyped knowing that, especially out in his area out there in the PA hardcore scene, that there is this younger generation coming up with that has this crazy passion like I do that has never faltered. So it was just so fun and very insightful for me to be able to hear the point of view of someone younger than me and someone that just has so much passion. It it was just really great. I love Ben. It was super awesome to be able to talk to him and hear his story. So please strap in, enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, welcome Ben Stuckey to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Ben. How's it going? It's going great. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited, nervous to do this. So thank you. Oh, dude, there's no a reason to be nervous. It's just a you know conversation. Um, I'm just happy to have you here. If I'm being honest, I was uh, a, a, well, I'm still a fan of Spirit Flaw, but the the demo caught my eye because of the artwork. Because you know, scrolling mm-hmm. through Twitter, 
and I'm not sure who reposted you, but um, I, I just uh, you know stumbled across like your your Twitter or the band's Twitter, and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then I remember I, I listened to it, and uh, I, I've always wanted to have somebody from the band on because I just thought, oh, cool, a uh, newer yeah. band. Um, the artwork's cool, the music's cool, and obviously from a cool scene because uh, you know I, I'm a fan from so I'm a fan of so many bands from your scene. So I was like, all right, cool. Like I have like this um this imaginary list of people that I want to have on the podcast and you know i'm a member from spirit flaw was on that for a really long time so i'm happy to finally be able to scratch that off the list well yo thank you for having me honestly like i've listened to your show for a while now and stuff like that just because you know like you said i know you're a fan of the scene just because you're always doing cool interviews with people that i know and stuff like that and that's what originally got me into your show and so i'm just super happy to be on here and uh i'm sure thank you for saying what you like about the art and stuff our guitar player does pretty much all of our artwork and stuff like that. Christian, uh, Longo head. He's an awesome guy, great artist. So he's doing our new art too, for the upcoming EP we're going to work on. So. Okay. And, uh, and I'm just curious about you. Like, um, are, are you, uh, you know, from the uh, Philly area? Did you grow up there? Yeah. So I am, I'm from Bethlehem, Allentown, Lehigh Valley area, which is, that's about an hour and a half North of Philadelphia. Uh, it's interesting because it's like a small, small city, but we have like our own hardcore scene and history and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I moved down to Delaware County area for school. I went to college and at Widener University, which is about a 20, 30 minute drive from Philly. And so pretty much once I had a car, because I didn't drive until I was 18. Mm -hmm. So pretty much once I went to college, I was I was in the city more than I was at school. Like legitimately, I had I have like five friends from college and all my other friends are in Philly. So that's interesting. That, that reminds me when I was younger, uh, for some reason, because like I'm like technically the baby, right? Because like I have an older sister than there's just me. Right. So my mom just really did not want me to like grow up. She, she just liked me being, you know, a, a kid at home that didn't really right. uh, th th that couldn't really do much. But when, when it came time to uh, get my license and all that, she pushed back for so long. And like I was like the last one out of all my friends to ever get my license. So I was I, always, always the one that needed to be picked up and dropped off. But but I, yeah, I, I didn't get my license. So I was like, yeah, like 18 or 19 because I, I started work and um, luckily uh, having to get to work and get home from work became like inconvenient for my parents to like always come and pick me up and drop me off. So I was like, yo, I was like, there's one way we can solve this. Like, let me get my license. And I, I eventually did. And it was uh, pretty interesting. Uh, but I, I felt like I was so late to it. Cause like by the time I got mine, like everybody that I knew already had their license. No, I know. Same here. Like mine wasn't so much my parents. That's interesting that you said your mom kind of held off on it. Cause my parents were actually super, nice about it and stuff like that it was just for some reason i was just not in a rush to get my license Pro i was i guess i was a bad the way that you were like felt bad mooching off people i was like yo if someone else wants to drive that's cool <laughs> like uh but i was also just like i didn't get to work that much throughout high school just because i worked summers but during the school year and stuff like that i was really preoccupied like i did sports year round mm -hmm. like cross country swimming track my whole year was filled until summer and then when that came around i just like biked to work i guess so but yeah it's weird because philly 
is a really close drive. It's like an hour and a half on a good day. Mm-hmm. Traffic fucks it all up. But um, but as a kid, not being able to drive, like Philly was like so close, yet it was so far away because it's like too far that you can't have your parents drive you. Go mm-hmm. so, so like I always knew about this is hardcore. I didn't get to go till I was eighteen. Like it's a so you know I just had to go to pretty much local shows only which was fine it's just it's a t- totally different scene up here than it is down there and how did you discover those local shows yeah so i mean like originally i got into punk and stuff like that through i saw my friends in school like two of my best friends since i was a kid uh i saw them pass like a no effect cd to one another in seventh grade and i was like oh that album cover looks cool because it was that uh, the war and aerism one with George Bush with a big clown makeup on his face and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I had a, I had been like super political, like for a long time and stuff like that. Like, which is kind of weird to think that, like, because I know a lot of people get into punk and then into like radical politics. I was the opposite. I was already like reading about like the Black Panthers and stuff like that in sixth grade, uh, just because I was really into John Lennon and the Beatles when I was like a little kid, but. Once I listened to No Effects, I was just in, dude. Like, I liked how energetic it was. I liked how political it was. And while they're not the best band, they, in- they like, name drop a lot for some reason. So it's, like, from them, I'm like, okay, they mentioned this band Minor Threat. They mentioned Misfits. They mentioned Suicidal Tendencies, DRI, Bad Religion. Like, they mentioned all these bands that would go on to be my favorite. And so from – I was 13 – at that like 12 or 13 at a time and from then i was hooked uh and then my friend i didn't have a facebook or anything at this time but my friend didn't he told me that he found out about some local show uh at this place called the burners anyone that's from philly or the layout valley knows about this spot it's like super small like local club kind of thing like you know how it's like oh not totally a vfw but pretty close to that Mm -hmm. um like my grandma used to go there for like smoking and dinner parties in the sixties and stuff like that. Uh, but over the years it just became like a punk spot and it was, I, it was exactly what I wanted. You know, it, the Lehigh Valley is different from Philly in the sense that like every show is pretty much a mixed bill gig just because there aren't a ton of hardcore or punk bands around here. So it's like there might be one or two at a time. You might get one from out of town, but you're filling the spaces with like either like a metal band or like an indie band. Like you never know what you're going to get. So this one that I went to, it was like a straight up punk band, a noise rock band and like a dream pop band followed up by like, I don't even know, but the, (laughs) Uh, the one thing I really remember good about that night is the singer of the one band that stuck with me. I, it was like the first band t-shirt I ever bought or like the first one I ever bought at a show mm-hmm. was um, from this band Ugly Zoo. Like, I don't think they ever went on to do anything big, but they was just like, I remember them because the singer, I saw him in the bathroom at one point. And I was wearing a black flag shirt and he goes, huh, nice shirt, Henry Rollins. And I was like, okay. And then, Later on when they were playing, you know, I'm like moshing for the first time. I'm like having a great time. And 
this guy's drunk off his ass and he's like, fuck you, Henry Rollins. And he hits me in the head with the microphone. Uh, well, even though I'm like 14 years old and he's like 25 or something like that. But I, I was hooked, man. That was, so that was my first show. And after that, I was like, I just went by that building all the time anyways, just because it's not, it's like 10 minute bike ride from my house. So I would just always look to see if there was a new flyer up and any show I could go to, I would. That's crazy. When did you eventually or uh, get like social media to make that easier so you didn't have to like bike down to check for flyers? Dude, I <laughs> my friends and like other people joke that I'm like a weird time lapse person, like who's almost lived through different generations because of stuff like this. But like I did not get I had a track phone way longer than anyone else my age. I had one also until I was 18 years old, my mm -hmm. senior year of high school. So that was that was five years ago. I had a, I had a track phone, which meant I didn't have Instagram mm -hmm. or Twitter or Facebook. I, I actually did have a Twitter. That's why I had a Twitter, but I could only use it from my living room computer because I didn't have a laptop either. <laughs> so uh, but so yeah, it was really like, I looked for flyers at that building. I looked at it at the two local record stores that I went to, uh, Played Again Records and Double Decker Records. Double Decker is like the most notable one. Like anyone in PA like knows, or like, I forgot. Who, I think I was talking to AJ from Face Direct a while mm -hmm. ago and he was like, motherfucker, you don't know how lucky you were to have like that record store near you. And he's right because they have like, an amazing punk and hardcore section. Jamie's the man, old punk guy, like, and they have like a super like cool, like rare punk and hardcore seven inch section that over the years I've gotten some sweet stuff from. Like I got the, uh, crown of thorns, like compilation seven inch signed by Danny Diablo and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, that's so sick. There was an all earth crisis, all out war that I, it was like $40. It was a first press and I wanted it so bad, but I didn't have the money and then it was gone. Uh, but sorry, I don't mean to keep getting off track. I, it's all good. but yeah, I, so I would just kind of had to look for flyers at these record stores and just hope that my friends that did have Facebook and stuff would like, let me know and hopefully give me a ride also. Cause like I said, I didn't drive at the time yet either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Having friends like in those early days, like that could drive, were so vital, even for me, just because uh, there were so many shows that I'm so thankful that I got to attend just because I had older friends that were willing to, to make that drive. But it, it definitely got really sad for me when, like, I could kind of feel their passion fading because, you know, I, I was always still like, and even to this day, I'm still that guy that's. Uh, yeah. wanting to go see these uh, you know newer younger bands but i'm having friends that aren't really in tune right I, I feel like i'm out there just like searching and still um you know having that passion and wanting to go but then when i you know w when it got to the point where like my friends uh you know didn't want to start driving to these shows because they just didn't really care about those bands that they didn't know about and i was like fuck i have to go either meet new people or i'm trying to you know suck it up and just miss all these shows and just uh, you know wait for the day that i could finally start driving and not have to like rely right. on anybody else well which did you do did you <laughs> oh no no there was a period of time where i missed some sick shows like mm. like american nightmare playing like chain reaction in like the early 2000s because you know back then my friends were like what's american nightmare like we don't even know or care like what that is right 
So it, it, it sucked. And that's like the worst feeling too, when you like know about something awesome that's going on, but like you just don't really have like the like means to get there. Yeah, I know. And that's really how it was for me in Philly and stuff like that. Cause I remember in seventh grade, like my friend was like, dude, there's this awesome band. Like he's always been more into the metal stuff. I'd always okay. been more into punk and he was always more into like the more metallic stuff, but he's like, there's this crazy band, like, watch their live videos it's insane dillinger escape plan and i went home and looked it up i'm like dude that looks insane like i don't even really like dillinger escape plan i still don't mm -hmm. but that that looks so crazy i'm like yeah dude let's go can like but then it's like again it's in philly we were 13 we can't get our parents to drive and out mo more likely two hours and then wait the whole all day concert. yeah yeah exactly like and they don't want to sit inside with the music and they just don't trust us enough. Also, it's like when you're 14, you barely have enough money to do whatever you want to do. Like, yeah, that's why local shows were also really good because they're all cheap as fuck. Yeah. But uh, I, I remember I, I used to uh, skip out on buying lunch at school. Like I, I would get the lunch money that my parents would give me and I would just save it. I'm like, all right, cool. Like um, I'm going to have enough money to get like a ticket and I have to either choose to get one shirt or food after the show, right? So I was like right. having to pick and choose. Was yeah, it was like I was like young, didn't, uh, you know. Uh, I think yeah, this is like before I had a job. Yeah, like my early years before I, I started working, I was like just like in real like poverty mode, having to pick and choose, and um, you know, missing those lunches sucked. But like I would always remember like you know leaving school and having my older friends just like waiting there because like um, we lived like hours from like the nearest venue, right? Right. So like we would have to take off pretty early because of traffic and all that. So mm -hmm. just getting to like that Friday and seeing my friends there in the parking lot, you know, looking like, you know, weird because everybody's like covered in tattoos, which wasn't common back then. So um, just to see them and get to that moment, it was like, all right, like missing those lunches was definitely worth it. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I know that was always that fun thing, too, when you're like a young kid and you like start seeing these people that sort of start to shape. I don't know, like. I guess, how do I put this? Like they start to shape how you want to see yourself, I guess. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, because I felt that same thing. Like I would start going to the shows and seeing like these people covered in tattoos. And I was like, damn, they look so fucking cool. Like I want to get tattoos at some point and stuff like that. Even though at that point up until then, really, I guess I'd never really thought of it. It's just some, I guess when you're young, you see people and they start to shape your tastes. Yeah. I remember when, like seeing somebody with a face tattoo, they were always kind of scary, but now it's just like everybody has a face tattoo. So it's just like, it's become so common and like not as scary. Like it's pretty interesting, but yeah, huge respect to like that's come full circle almost because it's like, there's that period of like eighties or like seventies and eighties where people are just like, especially like skinheads are like, yeah, face tattoo, right. Fucking across the forehead, right here and here. And then that goes away for a while. And for some reason, that's come back. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, pretty interesting. I I'm still waiting for the day that I see a cool face tattoo. But who knows? There's bound to be one eventually. <laughs> I would like to see it. But uh, it, it was interesting, though. I'm being around a, a lot of like the the older heads that kind of, you know, showed me the way. Uh, and uh, it, I, I still see some of them to this day. And it's kind of sad that they're like not even into hardcore like they used to be. Um, right. except for my buddy Cody Cowan, shout out Cody Cowan. Uh, I got tattooed by him a, cu a couple months ago, 
and I wasn't sure like how um, you know uh, he was with hardcore, but like you know I was in the tattoo shop, and I don't know if it's because I was there or if it's what they normally play, but they started playing Rotting Out, and then I was like, oh, that's cool, you know, chill vibes, cool band, and then he asked me about this newer band. He's like, hey, there's this band from Orange County. They're they're straight edge and they're fucking awesome. Uh, he's like, I, I think you're friends with some of those dudes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm, I think you're probably talking about Dare. And he's like, yeah, he's like, that band's fucking awesome. And this was like out of nowhere because like I'd never talked to him about Dare before. But for, uh, you know, this guy who I've known since like, you know, my freshman year of high school, like one of the guys that, you know, took me to some of like the greatest shows I've ever been to, like, you know, right. for him to just stumble upon like this newer hardcore band. I'm like, all right, cool. That, that's awesome to know that um, even though he's not like super into it, like he used to be, um, you know, it's cool that he can still find a band and you know 2021 and still like be into it dude you love to see it and like kind of going back to what you said about like your friends kind of losing that spark and stuff like that like all my friends to a point like all my friends since i was a kid like those ones i discovered punk with Mm -hmm. they all dropped out hard like the one kid is not doesn't even listen to music really anymore the one (laughs) kid now into like indie which is like that's fine and stuff like that. And the other kid, like I said, he always was more into metal anyway. So that's like the majority of what he listens to is mm. like grind and death and stuff like that. But like they, like I said, they don't come to punk or hardcore shows anymore. Like he'll go to a metal show and the other kid will go to an indie show. But like, I kind of go to all of these just cause I like music generally. And, but like the fact that they aren't actively searching for new bands and stuff, or they don't, come to these gigs anymore it's a bummer to me but so but in the same token seeing someone who's kind of older and still has that flame to kind of keep searching is super inspiring super cool i think like that's what i aim for in my old age i assume i'll be like that yeah and i i tell everybody like to, to all my friends who are and I, I do have older friends, right? Like you know, people mm-hmm. that I've met along the way that um, are older than me that have been around for um, you know, like probably like a couple years. But they're uh, I, I feel like they've got to a point where they're like content with like the hardcore that they've experienced because they like talk to me because they, they they know I do the podcast or whatever. But they right. they they, they kind of look at like the, this like you know new crop of hardcore like as like inferior to what has already come before. And I'm just like, dude, you're so wrong. And it's so weird to me because it, um, at some point, like you were a, a new kid discovering new hardcore, right? And I guarantee you all those old bands that you jock so hard, there are a ton of bands that play that similar sound that could you know, either sound better or just on the same level as what you're enjoying, but you're just refusing to you know, be open to it. And it's just so weird to me because it's it, it, I just don't get it how people can just put up that wall and not even want to check out something new, but they can still love like some of these older bands so much it's just like mind-boggling to me yo 100 percent. like i it, like you said like if some guy was like oh like back in my day seeing strife that was real hardcore and stuff like that it's like dude listen to fucking the three like there's like three huge bands that all kind of take after strife like envision magnitude eco strike pick one mm-hmm. you're bound to like one of them and stuff like that yeah and like i'm sure when they were coming up I'm sure that they were probably getting shit from the older guys who were mad that things had gone more metallic. Yeah. But like there's literally something for everyone right now. I like, I feel like right now in hardcore is probably the most broad sounding in its history, just because I feel like 
normally it goes through waves Mm -hmm. is how I look at it. Like obviously when it started super punk, then went emo or kind of metal and stuff like that. And I feel like since then it kind of goes through these waves, but I feel like right now there's a super broad mix. Maybe that's just like where I am on the East coast and stuff like that. But I feel like even out LA, like you'd have, I see like people in LA doing these giant mixed bill gigs of like, yo, dead city punk section hate. And Mm. then like, Dead Heat and other like heavier fast bands like I feel like in general there's a big mix crossover is having a moment right now which I love yeah obviously playing in a crossover band you know so yeah I, I feel like there, there, there used to be like yeah these like the, the the there'd be certain subgenres that would dominate like you know like the youth crew the beat down yeah, exactly. but but yeah I, I feel like now um or, or maybe this is how it's always been I'm not sure but it, it just seems like people are okay just playing with what they want to play and not try to follow like the current big trend in hardcore because because even if you look at some of like the the um like two biggest bands in hardcore right i'm um, like arguably turnstile code orange and you think yes. about how different both those bands sound but you're talking about two hardcore bands I, I think that's just like a perfect example where right now just like you said things are way more broad than they've ever been and it, it's really interesting because because in my opinion even through like the the youth crew wave or the the beatdown wave those other genres even though they weren't as popular there were still good bands playing that type of music they just weren't um being you know uh you know having the spotlight on them because they weren't going with what was popular at that time oh 100 that's that's actually a really good point stuff like that uh because i think you could point to a lot of bands during both those time periods that just didn't fit like the youth crew sound or like didn't fit maybe the beatdown sound probably at the time. Like, I mean, Agnostic Front is honestly a good example of that because when right before Youth Crew happened, they put out like, what is it? Uh, second album, Cost for Alarm. Is that the second one? Uh, yeah, that sounds right off the top of my head. Yeah. And it's like, and I know people hated that because of how metallic it was. Now that's kind of looked at like a good album and stuff like like I think that's one of my favorite albums and stuff like that. Like Bomber Z is an amazing fucking song, but I think it's just one of those things that people get very wrapped up in. I guess, like you said, like the subgenre hot moments mm-hmm. that they kind of will turn things away. But yeah, so I I would agree that right now maybe things are just a little more open, which I I, I enjoy. Because that's some um, one scene shit, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, um, speaking of the one scene, I was going to bring up the one scene, uh, you know, Unity uh, compilation, right? Um, volume one oh, yeah. and two. If, if if you look at like just every band on both those comps, there's literally something for everybody. And, oh, one hundred. Yeah, and I, I I would it would be hard for me to believe that um there were there is a hardcore kid out there that could listen to that front to back and not find at least one track that they were into i would say at least three like yeah i the second one does lean heavier so i bet for faster people that one might miss them more but even so they're bound to like at least one or two of the tracks on there dude that burning strong track on the second compilation i think that that might be one of my favorite ones or like the Almighty Watching track on that. They yes. came out of nowhere to me. I was like, who the fuck is in this band? Like, I, that was so, it's so good. I like that band. Yeah. They just put a new tape, I think. Shout out Almighty Watching. Yeah. I, I had Kyle on the podcast like a, a while back and he had talked about, yeah, he's like, I'm starting this new band. 
uh, almighty watching. Uh, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then now like the ball's rolling right there. They're on the comp. They, they got that other song out. And I'm just like, dude, like, this is crazy that I, I heard about it way back then, but like, I didn't imagine it would, it was going to be like that good. Cause you're all right. Somebody describes a band to you and you're kind of like, you can only take so much from it. Right. But then when it, I finally got to hear it, I'm like, Oh crap. Like th- th- these guys have been working hard and this is awesome. Like a, a, a new band from that area for, from like their scene. Super sick to see. For real. I just saw Kyle last night. Shout out. Yeah. I, I saw people posting videos of him uh filling in i was like interesting he did it for like a minute i think i don't even think he finished a song something got messed up with his guitar (laughs) okay yeah but it it was still good to see him that warren gig was fun like there were like two surprise sets i think Mm -hmm. uh but there was not a bad set during that night restraining order did surprise set that was cool and burning lord who's a new band Mm -hmm. from boston area i think so. Yeah, and I'm I'm so jealous that you got to you know experience that because I'm I'm such a huge fan of uh, Warren and you know those guys are my friends so mm-hmm. so for for me to to be able to see the Human Work LP get so much success right leading up to the show right it like selling out there's going to be another pressing on the way and them teaming up with From Within Records and just getting so much love I'm like hell yeah that that's so awesome because those guys deserve that right. And, oh, 100%. and yeah, and then just I'm um, hearing all the positive things because I, 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 I talked to some people that, that were there last night and just seeing some of the videos and pictures and stuff. I was like, man, that's so awesome. I'm so happy that um, that night, like that celebration of that record, it turned out you know awesome. For real. Oh, shout out from within records also. Just like I know people talk about them a lot, but they are legitimately like my favorite label right now. Mm-hmm. Carter is a stand up guy and I've been uh, when I say I fanboy over them, like I'm serious since I heard the payback tape i have been obsessed with everything from within i wish we could have done the my new band's demo on them if carter wasn't so busy being a workhorse that he is and stuff like that yeah no he he's great and i i'll never like and i don't think i've ever talked about this or maybe i, I talked about it on the podcast once but i first um, like like the first interaction i ever had with carter was um fya uh, seven yeah, you see that right there. Uh, it was at the um, the first after show. Um, we were I forgot who it was, some band was like setting up. I can't remember who it was, but I, I remember we were standing next to each other. I'm like, oh shit, that's the the drummer payback. That, that, that's how I knew him, right? right. Um, so I, I just like you know uh, complimented him. I'm like, yo, like you killed it during the payback set. That shit was fucking awesome. And then like that just kind of that's where like our like friendship like started because like mm-hmm. you know then we obviously started following each other on social media. And he's always been good to me. And uh, you know me uh, you know promoting. The label and everything they do on every podcast that's something that i'm honored and you know stoked to be able to do because like what when i think about that label and then like the podcast i'm like holy shit like we're, we're kind of like we've been tied together for like a like you know for a long yeah. time just with all these episodes so it's, it's just like a, a pleasure for me to be able to to help them in any way that i can because like I, like you said carter's a workhorse i love him and i uh, you know, I understand his vision and I want nothing but great success for that label. So I'm willing to to do anything, um, you know, like that I can with this podcast to help, you know, push that label, push the bands that are on a label, whatever they're doing and just help it grow. And he does one of my favorite things, too, which is like he like you said, he pushes his vision. And I think a part of that is like he does super new bands like up and comers. And then he's also every now and then he's like, oh, I want to put out like the Mushmouth tape i want to put out the excessive force tape like stuff that he thinks is cool and inspires him like let's give these bands a resurgence almost and stuff like that which 
I think definitely happened with excessive force. Cause I knew about Mushmouth, them being a PA band. I yeah. had only listened to excessive force a little bit. Now I'm like, God damn, that tape is so good. And also like, I think the first time I ever listened to burning strong was because I saw that he had done stuff with them. Uh-huh. So he was just always putting out new young groups up and comers. And I think that's awesome. Man, you, you guys think like he put me onto uh, you know that band Striker. I'm like, what? The, I'm like, how's he finding a band like Striker? You know, because obviously I've tried to to do my part in it, and I I still um uh, am willing, but it, it, like you know to try to put on for these international bands, right? Because when right. we think about um, because it, it, I feel like it, it's hard enough just to try to you know deal with all the different scenes here in America, right? Because there's just always so much going on. Um, yes. But then when you think about stuff that's like outside of our country and, and even Canada, right? I, I have like a really good relationship with um, my friend Spencer who does scoped exposure. Um, I, I have a buddy named Brandon uh, sings for a band called wild side. So like, you know, like, like two, shout, out wild shout out wild side, right? Two separate, um, you know, uh, parts of Canada. And I, I always try my best to do what I can to put on for, for um, you know, Canada. Cause like I said, friends up there, I know there's cool shit going on, but then when I think about, the other parts of the world, like I've had on bands from, you know, Sweden, shout out uh, Speedway, uh, bands from Germany. Um, I've I, I haven't had anybody on from Australia yet. That's somewhere where we haven't gone. But um, uh, yeah, just think about like all the other like international scenes. It's like, dude, like I'm, I, I, I want to, but it's like I'll, you know, have people on, but then their scenes aren't as active or they're just taking their time. But then it's like, you know, they're far enough already to begin with. So if they're taking their time, like people tend to forget and like, I'm only one person. There's only so much I can do. Right. Right. So it's just like, so when I see a band like striker, I'm like, Oh cool. This is like something that, um, you know, is going on that I can, you know, find out about because somebody like Carter, who's in tune with whatever's going on down there and has the smarts to want to put them out and push them and get them in front of more ears. So like, yeah, just like things like that is super cool. And I think that's probably the easiest way for me to, like find international bands is like I through labels because like you said it yo that's even trying to keep up with like US and Canada releases it would literally it seems impossible like I don't know if you follow that uh what it takes account on Insta but they like put out a weekly list of like all the good records of like that week mm-hmm. or like that month of hardcore and they have to do like four parts of it because there's so many new bands right now. I literally, I keep like a running list on my phone of all the records I listened to this year, like the new records of this year. Mm-hmm. I could not even get close to listening to the amount they do and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, hard. To, it, it's really hard too, because like you're not always going to take like, like a band, like you're not always going to, you know, uh, love it through like you know, your first spin. Um, it might take a couple spins. It might take some random late night drive and you feel like putting on this random record for whatever reason for it to finally click. Right. So, so you, you got to kind of factor that in too. like on top of like the, you know, tons of bands that are coming out. It's just like, okay, now you have to try to find time to bond with it and give it a chance. And you don't have that much time. Cause there's so much, obviously like you got to live your own life. You got other shit to do, exactly. but, but, on, and then on top of that, you want to try adding on, and finding good music so like that like, i try but you know mm-hmm. things slip through the cracks like i as much as i like to think that i'm on the pulse and i i have a good ear which 
I have a pretty good ear. There's only, you know, yeah. Like, just just look at the list of uh, people that have been on this podcast. That should you know speak for itself. But I Perfect. right. But um, but things do slip through the cracks. I don't have um, you know, all the time to check out everything that comes out as much as I want to. I try to make time, and I I, I do a pretty good job. But yeah, like I said, things get through the cracks sometimes, and sometimes I'm late. Yeah, dude. My last job, the one I worked at UPS for about a year last year uh-huh. during pandemic and stuff like that while I was doing school. And the one good thing about it, cause that job was really bad. But the good thing about that job is that they let us listen to music mm-hmm. while we worked in the warehouse and stuff like that. Like I just like that helped me a lot. Like listen to, I listened to more music during the pandemic probably than I ever have before. And that was a big part of it is like, I might be working like six, to eight hour days and stuff like that every day of the week but i get to listen to podcasts like yours or like x to grind or worst possible timeline or i'll just like binge albums yeah so that was the one good thing about that yeah that's yeah that, that that's a good thing too but but yeah and because it, it takes time right to to, no, to, sit, to, really. to sit down and to actually like listen to the music because yeah you could put on a record and you know, get to know songs but if you want to like take it to the next step and like dissect the lyrics and try to you know actually mm. get it on like another level um it it, it it could take some time but uh i try to give uh anytime i tr- listen to a record for the first time i try and give it like a sit down read the lyrics like mm-hmm. a band camp listen basically like i i try to that's why i try to do at least the first time i listen to a record even if it's just like after that i'll just like scroll it on or something like that but mm-hmm. i that like you said like you want to try and bond with music and stuff like that that gives me the ability the best ability to see if some i really like something if i like get really enthralled in it or if i'm like all right maybe i'm gonna scroll my phone for a little bit while i listen (laughs) kind of thing but like some stuff you also just know immediately that you like it also you know what i'm talking about like when that skinhead ep came out i was like from the opening notes of that, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> like, I was so in on that record when it first came out. Yeah. And, and also there's times where I'm just kind of like, all right, I, I think the record's good, but for, for some reason it's not clicking yet. And then I'll see that band live and I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. Now, then I go back and listen to the record and I have like a whole new understanding of it. So it's, yeah, it, not everything clicks at the same time. And, and that's why I love music and I always like to give bands chances, right? Because I don't want to just write write these bands off because obviously people work really hard to, to get to the point where it's recorded and they want to put it out there. So the least I could do is you know give it some some of my time. Yeah, I mean, the kind of with Spiritfall, that's definitely how it was for us. And I appreciate you even liking our demo and stuff like that because like, yo, we played those songs for so long like i what is it we had the demo like a what a demo 2021 or no, no 2020 right? yeah mm-hmm. right we'd been practicing those songs for since early 2019 like we'd been doing those since maybe april or may of 2019 mm-hmm. Uh, so like when I, the whole reason the band started, I don't know. I don't think I mentioned this. The whole reason the band started originally was, uh, I, did you say, hold on? Oh, no, no, no. I said, no, you didn't. Um, but, but, but but it's fine. Cause this is, we're eventually going to build up to this. So, so I'm glad we're here. (laughs) But yeah, sorry to jump ahead. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, But like, 
I originally had a, I was planning to be in a straight edge band with a, a few people like the one Jacob who plays guitar and hesitate now. Uh, Andrew who plays in killing me plays guitar in that mm-hmm. Jared who plays drums in raw life and Frankie from no option was going to be the drummer. Oh, um, love Frankie. Yeah. Although him and another of the kid that I mentioned are no longer straight uh, I, edge, I, which is part <laughs> of why that fell apart. Okay. <laughs> but it was also like no option was super busy at the time and stuff like that. So I think that's also part of why it fell apart. It's like, cause you know, drummers, hold it all together and we couldn't get enough time for a practice mm-hmm. and i was just bumming so hard because i that was gonna be my first band and i was so excited to do it and because that's another thing i learned bass i taught myself bass when i was pretty young my friends didn't teach themselves instruments like mm-hmm. we always said like oh i want to start a band i want to start a band i i've learned bass and then they didn't learn the instruments yet so we didn't get to do a band but i i was so frustrated about this i just went on twitter i'm like yo someone please just start a band with me like i'll I'll just play any kind of hardcore punk like i just want to do this and christian the guitar player and me we had met like maybe once in passing and that's how we followed each other on twitter but he just messaged me he's like yo let's like let's do this i i have a good friend uh who plays the drums like you want to do this and we set up uh practice at a local like practice spot and him and the drummer our original drummer josh had been like best friends since they were kids and stuff like that and somehow they just hadn't or they might have been like a pop punk band at one point together or like an emo type band when Mm -hmm. they were like 14 but they hadn't played together in forever uh but so christian basically said when he got there like he knew i was down to play whatever and he's like yo, I like really like crossover and I saw his, like he was wearing a drain shirt and just looking at him, I'm like, yeah, I get that vibe from you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like, I just want to do a band that kind of sounds like Dead Heat and just other crossover stuff. And I'm like, let's do it. But because I, I think uh, we wrote the first song, Empty Shell. We wrote that that day, that first practice. Oh, wow. Um. And over time, like, you know, we wrote the other songs pretty quickly after that. Like, I've I've honestly never had such a natural songwriting process ever again. Like, with my, uh, like, I'm, I'm started some other bands over quarantine and stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. That should be coming out soon, hopefully. But, like, the practices were never as smooth as they were in these, like, with spirit flaw just because christian is such a good goddamn guitar player that he's like he basically has all these riffs and then if he needs a part filled in he's like you got anything and i'm good enough that i can just fill like add a riff here or there and we have a good song like i think for the song spirit flaw he wrote that main like thrashy riff that does like the chorus and stuff like that and then he's like yo you got anything to fill like the gaps here and i wrote the like the breakdown part in that little like philly like part for the drums and stuff like that uh but i i think generally we all just like worked really well together and our original drummer josh he is was just like 
he's a good drummer. He knew exactly what to do, when to do it. He he just we all just bounced off each other really well. And when did uh, Travis come in the mix? Oh yeah, so we like I said, we started really early. Part mm-hmm. of the reason we didn't have the demo done until like March or April of 2020 is because originally Christian and Josh had a friend. I think his name was Drew. He was going to be the singer. Okay. Out of all the practices we had over that first year, he didn't come to one. He just ghosted. He, he got nervous. Well, I don't even know if it was that. It was just like he didn't ghost because he would text us and then he'd be like, practice like okay can't come and we'll be like all right like that's fine mm-hmm. and at a certain point we're like or i think it i was kind of the push i'm like yo can we just get this on the move like i wanted to put these songs out so bad and stuff mm-hmm. like that uh and they said that they knew like someone else that would probably be good like they they grew up with travis they mm-hmm. all grew up together in quaker town which is like it's like the middle point of like where I live in Bethlehem and Philadelphia. It's like a perfect in between. Okay. Um, that's where the first unit barbecue was also was in quick town. Uh, but so they knew him and they knew like he sang for the bad ups and basically they're like, he's got charisma. He's always wanted to sing in a hardcore band, like give him a shot. And at first I was like, all right, cool. And, and but then I got nervous because he also missed the practice, but it was pretty last minute. But I was mm-hmm. just like, oh man, if we have another singer that like misses all the practices, we are so fucked. And but then, uh, no, he from the very first practice that he came to, like he had lyric, he had written the lyrics for Empty Shell, um, and came to that practice, and we were pretty much blown away by like or at least i was because they kind of knew what to expect i didn't Mm -hmm. but i was like damn he has charisma and i think more importantly like our chemistry together like we all get along really well which i i was nervous about because these guys have known each other since they were kids and i'm kind of the odd odd person out like because i'm younger than them also like so so I'm younger than them, and they all have all known each other for a while. Uh, but we all get along really well. Uh, but yeah, so that's how Travis came in. And it's funny because he originally had a super different vocal style um, than how he sounds on record. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of comes out live a little bit more. But like that first practice, he, he lost his voice because he was like, it was like almost throat shredding type vocals. Like he really was getting kind of guttural in it and stuff like that. And it sounded sick, but in, when it came time to record and stuff like that, um, he, we recorded the song empty shell. He did those type of vocals. And then he, we did the song no escape and he did like a different vocal style. And he was like, yo, I don't, like is it okay that this sounds like my voice sounds super different than on empty shell and we're like honestly it sounds really cool is it easier for you to do and he's like yeah it is i'm like honestly just go back re-record the vocals for empty shell and he did and i think it came out fucking perfect as far as like the demo goes Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, because mm-hmm. it would be weird if like the first song sounded one way, you get to the end of the record, it sounds like another guy on the vocals. Be like, what the hell is going on exactly. here? Exactly. Yeah, it, and I think this is more natural mm-hmm. too. Like, like I said, the other one, like he really hurt, was hurting his voice doing, and so this is a way not just like I think it gives him the ability to like move around on stage. He doesn't have to like kind of pace, watching his breath and stuff like that. Yeah. And I think I think it I just I just think it sounds better. Like it generally I don't even know how to describe it. It just sounds better. You can I he's someone that you can like sing along to. You could understand the words even if you didn't have the lyrics in front of you. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Uh, it's cool that he was able to find his voice before uh, you guys actually, you know, put it out there and um, he was able mm-hmm. to figure it out because that th- that can be challenging, right? Especially if you're trying to uh, do like a full set. Because I've seen bands where like you know singers lose their breath, and I'm just like, what's going on? It, you're like halfway through the first song, like you got a you got a whole set to play. Like th- th- this th- this isn't normal. No, I know, and I I feel bad, but that was the other good thing about having so much time to practice and stuff like that. Is by mm-hmm. the time recording came around, we did pretty much everything. Take one, like we play we recorded that demo live and this guy Chris Slaughter who is our current drummer now mm-hmm. um, he has like a little home studio okay and we just recorded there for I think an ounce of weed was what Travis gave him and stuff like that because I think they they play in the bad ups together which is Travis's punk band okay uh, but yeah I think he just like that was his payment he we gave him like 20 bucks each maybe and travis gave him a bunch of weed nice. and that was we hey. that's how we recorded the demo and it worked <laughs> yeah that, i'm i'm not mad at it people want to barter that way you know, as long as uh, both parties are satisfied i'm okay yeah, with, dude, it. I'm, I'm with that energy honestly <laughs> and uh, uh slaughter is that his real last name is that his government name I I honestly I could not tell you his government name. I just like I'm just like that's fucking Chris Slaughter. I, I don't because <laughs> when I read Chris, uh, excuse me, when I read Chris Slaughter, I'm like that sounds like a MySpace name or something <laughs> crazy. Oh, it, def- <laughs> it definitely is, and yeah. I don't know how he got that. Yeah, and I would imagine not from a homicide, but like I think it's just maybe it's because he kills it on the drum set. I don't know. I don't know, but but if that is uh, your government name, Chris, and uh, no disrespect, I'm just curious because that's an, just an interesting last name. <laughs> I know that's like a Steve Vice from Hesitate. I think his that's his actual name, and I'm like that is badass. Okay, that's a like a cool name. So, but uh, it could also be fake. I don't know. Okay, uh, stage <laughs> name. Stage name, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like that could be a stage name, but that sounds cool either way. Like if that's his actual last name, he's lucky because Stuky, not a great last name. Trust me. For years in middle school, kids would be like Stuky Dookie, and then <laughs> oh, I was man. like, "All right, I'm done with this." And then I get a soccer coach one year, and he's like, "What's your name?" And I'm like, "Ben Stuky." He's like, "Dookie," and I'm like, "No." And he brought it back. He called me that every year. He was my damn. coach. I'm like. God damn it. <laughs> kids are kids are brutal, man. Apparently coaches are brutal too. Yeah. I, I, but I'm curious, how does Chris Slaughter go from, you know, recording the record to being in the band? Yeah. So we had done this record and we, for the first good chunk of quarantine, mm-hmm. like, cause we put our demo out 
And I think maybe like a week or two into the pandemic quarantine, we thought it was going to be done super quick. So we're like, fuck it. We'll put it out there. We'll be playing Jeez. shows in a, like a month or two when things are done. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not fucking how things went. Hell no. We're we're here uh, more than a year later, almost, you know, like almost two years and we're still in it. We're still, we'll, we'll start, we're still arguing about masks and now it's uh, vaccines and oh uh-huh. man. But, and it's, yeah. So it's literally, it was like, we didn't, after the demo came out, we just didn't practice for a while. Mm-hmm. I think we were all like, we were all in a weird space. I was finishing up that semester of school. Uh, they all work pretty steadily. Like Chris is, uh, does like carpentry. Travis is a stonemason. Christian does graphic design work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But so I think we were all just busy right after that came out. And we were just like waiting to see what happens. Like, are we going to get to play soon? And that that's when I joined like three other bands and stuff like that. Uh, just to f- kill the time of pandemic, because in those early months, I was so I had so much time to kill. But basically, our drummer, Josh, over that period of time, uh, he does like a lot he does work on a film crew and stuff like that and he travels a lot because of it and in general he's just really busy and i think he just got too busy to the point where it was like i don't think he was responding to messages in the chat really about practice and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and we got asked to do like this one song for like uh i don't know if you saw it it was like the new wave of hardcore compilation or mixtape. It was like some guy in Greece did it, but it featured a bunch of like American bands and a, a good chunk of foreign bands also. But we got asked to do a song for that and we couldn't get a hold of Josh. So we're like, all right, we'll just have like Chris fill in for the song or a practice or two. Then that's our song Exit Wound is the one that ended up being on that compilation mm-hmm. and put that out ourselves also. But after that, I think it was just like, I think we just stuck with Chris because he's a good drummer. Uh, him and Travis already have like such a good relation after playing in bands and the bad ups for years now. And his home studio is our practice space now. Like we no longer, it's a, and it's a really good spot because before me, and Travis both have to had to go and drive like an hour and a half or two hours into Philly. Um, but now it was like Christian makes the hour, hour, 15 minute, hour and a half drive to Quaker town. I drive the 30, 45 minute drive to Quaker town. Travis and Chris are already there. So I think it just became easier. And like, we kind of, without skipping a beat, just switched drummers like that, which I feel like is really hard to do because drummers are the hardest to find in a band, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a drummer scarcity, obviously, especially if you're, like, trying to do a straight-edge band. But, like, uh, we're not straight-edge band, obviously. I'm just saying. But, yeah, so that was just how became Chris became our new drummer. Uh, Shout-out, Chris. Awesome guy. Super nice. Yeah, and next time you talk to Chris, find out his government name. Um, I, I, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely talk about it after this or something like that. <laughs> okay, um, but 
I'm, I'm happy that you were able to make that transition and find uh, or just kind of stumble upon this new drummer, not kind of have like a, a, a down period. But uh, so you put out the demo in a weird time, right? Because at that point, I, I know a, a lot of people had been like, all right, uh, we'll wait to two weeks uh, and then the pandemic, the lockdown will be over and then we can just kind of continue on with normal life. And then like a lot of bands were uh, start realizing that it wasn't going to be just two weeks. So they were, you know, putting things on hold and, you know, tours getting canceled and basically like everything getting put on pause. But were you guys able to, to gauge, uh, you know, uh, the reaction to the demo? Cause obviously it, it made its way onto to my social media, you know, feed. I, I was able to, to come across it because before, um, cause, cause even before I, I asked you to come on the podcast, I'm, uh, we just had like mutual friends. I, I wasn't following anybody in the band, so uh, it, it was able to, to make its way onto my feed. But I'm curious if you guys were able to kind of you know get like a general reaction from like the the scene since uh, you guys kind of put it out at a weird time. Mm. Yeah, no, I I think the general reaction was pretty good. You know, like mm-hmm. it was exactly what I wanted, which was like I said, I'm like. Hey, this is the first band I've ever been in. I'm super proud of this. And let me know what you think. And a bunch of like, you know, people on that I'm like Twitter friends with, you know, people in other cities seem to really like it. And but more importantly, like the all my friends in Philly were super, super nice about it. And people that I look up to, like Bob Wilson, Marty from Agitator, who I know you just had on here. Mm-hmm. Joe Hardcore, like Keith from Payback, like all these guys that I have come to know, I, I see them as friends and stuff like that. And like I to a point, like I said, I like look up to them because when I first started coming around, I'm like, okay, these are the guys dancing for every fucking band. They're the guys playing in these bands and booking shows. That's awesome. Eric Wolk, another one who's now went off the tracks and stuff like that. Like they were all just kind of boosting it. And that's, that is all I really wanted to see is like these people that I admire fuck with my demo. Mm-hmm. That, that's more than I could ask for. Cause I, I didn't expect us to be super popular. Um, and even like now that we're able to play shows a little bit, I know that we won't be the most active band in the world just because, you know, my guys have more constraints schedules than I do and stuff like that they're they're adults you know like I'm 22 they have lives and shit like that but uh that but yeah that was really the best reaction I could have asked for was like these people I admire kind of liking the songs I did and then that carried over to the live stage because like I didn't know originally what I wanted for our first show I'm like I don't know what to expect but that was pretty much the same thing i'm like i just want to see these people i like dance to my music <laughs> and your first show wasn't the unity barbecue was it yes it was that was your first show yes it was holy <laughs> shit okay see i i wasn't sure if you guys had, had played something before that but that okay so that's a good first show to play because um I, I always speak highly of the unity barbecue and uh I I'm surprised and, and I, I say this all the time. I'm like, I'm surprised that more scenes haven't done what Bob Wilson um, and all of you guys are doing down there because because it, it's a very simple concept, right? Like because um, 
you know, we always try to preach brotherhood and unity within our scene. But when you actually kind of take a step back and kind of look like, oh, shit, like we're not really that united. There's there's always these little beefs here and there. Uh, I mean, there's always like weird shit going on, but it's just like, dude, like when you look at that, that Philly, uh, you know, hardcore unity barbecue and you see like when you see that fest come together and I'm like, okay, that's definition of unity, right? You think about all the bands from the surrounding area coming together, playing for Mm -hmm. free, just doing it because they want to, you know, show and, you know, put on for their area. I I think it's fucking awesome. And I, I I wish, and I, you know, and I'm I'm sure people are going to come at me and be like, Oh, then why don't you do it? And I'm like, it's not my lane. Right. I, I, I've never booked a show. Um, I, I I would love to, I would do like, you know, if I could help. Yeah. But, um, uh, other things got to figure it out because I, I think it it just it, like when, when I look at it, you know, outsider looking in, I just see so much positive coming out from it, right? Like I've never heard no. any, anything bad about it, and all the stories because I try to ask everybody, like, oh, like what was it like? Like, like how'd you enjoy it? Like, what was your favorite set? Like, why wasn't the first one filmed? I hope the second one's being filmed, and you know, I'm just trying to like figure out like how it went down because I, I honestly, uh, think it's so cool that it that it goes down, and I wish more areas would just look at that and be like holy shit like we should do something we should do something like that i know because i i liked bob's reasoning for it which is like he i feel i forget what interview he said it in but he's like i was mad that i was not seeing the same kid at a jesus peace show at an arms race show or vice versa you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like and so his idea generally was just like i'm gonna put a show on combining like these punk band like the more punk side and the more metallic side and stuff like that and the first one was fucking amazing like i couldn't ask for that show to me is like one of that it holds a super special place in my heart because at that point i had just started coming around to like the philly hardcore shows okay and stuff like that because like that was when i had started like i was at school I was making the transition from straight up like punk pretty much like or like I guess in a better way to say it is like in the Lehigh Valley to a point hardcore dancing as if you want to call it that is like kind of frowned upon or at least it was when I was coming up like it was pretty much straight push pit and stuff like that Um, and if you did do like a more like windmill northeast 90s style hardcore dance you were seen as a fucking asshole and there were fights over stuff like that or people would just get mad at you Mm -hmm. like even although yeah it's very interesting like regional mosh type conversation which Mm -hmm. is like i enjoy that like the fact that scenes have different regional styles of dance but i don't enjoy people getting bullied for how they dance i think that's fucking dumb and i and i did too like even just like at one point i pushed someone i i I, it's someone pretty notable actually (laughs) but i won't say their name but i pushed this person from behind when i was like 15 just during like a mosh pit they were like doing like a posi jump and i like pushed them Mm -hmm. while it was going on and they came up after me they're like don't fucking do that again and i was just like okay like, like thanks for uh, not, not like, beating me up <laughs> that's no it literally yeah. i was dude i did not hit my growth spurt till i was literally 18 so at the time i was like 
five five hundred and ten pounds soaking wet like it so i was like you got it sorry but when i came to these philly shows and stuff like that like if you watch that first payback show like the video of it you'll see me like i'm full boots and braces in that video and i go side to side and then i get rocked with like a backhand of the solar plexus and i'm like all right i'm stepping to the side and stuff like that it was a, it was a big adjustment for me to kind of make that style but it, i didn't know anyone also that was the other thing that was really hard for me not just like the fact that i didn't know these dancing this dance style as well mm-hmm. uh it was the fact that i i really did not know a single fucking person in this scene because like i i had twitter at this point but i didn't really have it by this point i had a smartphone but like but so at this barbecue i because i didn't know anyone i danced for every band that day like i forget how many there were that first time like 15 bands 16 bands um but i i just danced for every one of them and like I, I wasn't good dancing, mind you. Like, I was just kind of doing, like, I do, like, a creepy crawl kind of thing, back and forth, side to side. Like, that's kind of all I did all day. Um, if I just basically went in for fast parts because I didn't know how to dance heavy yet. Um, but that caught people's attention. Uh, also, my outfit caught people's attention because I was wearing suspenders with, like, a I forget what shirt I was wearing, but my shorts are about this like like i know people right now are talking about like the high inseam on shorts mine was i was wearing booty shorts with boots and braces Mm -hmm. so that that look attracts attention that's just i just do that just because i like short shorts that's not a crime (laughs) um but i i met like so many people that day like i met keith from payback i met tyler from year the knife i met bob i fucking met marty i think I met so many people that would end up, I would end up becoming kind of friends with and stuff like that through shows. Mm-hmm. So that first unity barbecue holds such a place in my heart. Damn. And so you didn't have anybody to go with or none of your friends from, you know, back home wanted to make the trip down for that. I mean, like I said, all my friends from home kind of bailed out of hardcore already. Like, mm-hmm. so yeah, I just, I was going on my own basically. And like the first, I had gone to some Philly hardcore shows before that, and I I knew a few people, but mm-hmm. I really none of them I knew well. Yeah, like it wasn't like normal for you to just go and kind of like recognize or like you know have friends in the crowd. You you just kind of went on like the solo mission to this new area. Yeah, exactly. Uh, like I I think I'd been to a few shows before in Philly at this point. Like the ones from that year, I remember like. I went to one step closer show at creep records. That was actually the first, that was the night I claimed straight edge actually. And like X up for the first time, stuff like that. One of the worst days of my life, but that's also like kind of what led me to become straight edge, uh, that day, okay. uh, was because I was like, originally I, I was going into Philly with the sole purpose of like, I'm going to fucking buy a bunch of pills tonight and just get fucking wrecked. And, then at, I was at a stri- that one step closer straight edge show and I was like kind of listening to the bands and seeing this stuff and I'm like man what the fuck am I doing to myself I like I hadn't done pills in years at this point mm-hmm. um so I couldn't believe the fact that I almost did it again 
but that pushed me to be straight edge. And then later that year, I went to the Fiddlehead line of sight show that Bob put on. And then I went to like some West Philly punk shows. Philly, for those of you that don't know, kind of has like a split scene. Even with the one scene stuff, there's still kind of like a split scene between a lot of these like West Philly, like basement punks and stuff like that. And I guess the more general, the, pretty much the other scene mm-hmm. of like main one. Um, but I went to a few of those shows and then, but after that first payback show, I was like, man, this is where I fucking want to be like for real. Cause I had gone the night before the first payback show. I went to a, like this West Philly punk show at this venue, cousin Danny's in Philly. And it was fun. You know, I, I saw Coke bust that night mm-hmm. um, and that was cool, but people it was it, remind, it reminded me of home because the people there dance fast only and if you dance too hard people get mad at you and it was just a weird vibe but then the next day i go to payback payback's first set you know everyone's moshing super hard i get fucking the wind knocked out of me by kev hair shut up kev and within like the first 15 seconds and stuff like that uh it honestly reminded me of that first show where i got hit really hard in the face but i was like addicted to that sensory rush almost so i was like this is where i want to be and stuff like that but yeah like i sorry i keep getting off topic kind of i don't mean to no it's awesome Uh, it's awesome it's fine um but yeah, so it, I didn't really have many friends up until that first Unity Barbecue. And then after that, I started coming out of my shell. I, I also, over the years, I've like kind of worked through my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Part of that is that I shaved my head, honestly, and that I, I used to kind of hide behind my hair. And that was a problem for me. Uh, but when I decided I like, because re- I've always listened to Oi and like street punk since I was a kid and stuff like that but i don't know what made me finally decide that i wanted to like really lean into the skinhead style more because i i already dressed in boots and suspenders i honestly like the fact that i didn't have a shaved head i had like long hair actually like down to my shoulders and was wearing boots and suspenders is an interesting thing mm-hmm. but like uh I get. I just fully went for it one day and shaved my head, and I think I've come out of my shell a lot. That that helped. I used to hide behind my hair. It was weird. Yeah, it, it it's. Uh, I I've had some friends um, who weren't like comfortable in their own skin, and it just always drove me insane because I never knew what that was like. Because uh, yeah. uh, I, I I I spoke about this before, but like you know, getting bullied in middle school and realizing that kids were going to make fun of me because I, you know, played my PlayStation two and watched anime. I was like, okay, if I, if I have to give up these things that I love just to have friends, I'm okay with not having friends. Like I'm sure I'm not like, you know, these things got created. Right. So I was like, I'm not the only person in the world that enjoys this stuff. Maybe these people at my school, um, you know, aren't into what I'm into, but at some point in my life, I'm going to have to run into people that enjoy the same things that, as I do. So life probably sucks right now, but it's going to have to get better at some point. So I always just like stuck to my guns. Right. And I was never afraid to, to, um, you know, tell people what I liked or, yeah, you it's know, like maybe you're 
you're lame, you know? Maybe it, the stuff I like is cool. Well, well, look at it now. Anime, video games, some of the most popular shit in the entire world, right? And I'm just like, fuck you, uh, st- <laughs> stupid bully girl. I, I, I don't want to say her name because, um, like, uh, you know, obviously, uh, I, 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 know, I, I know people who still know that girl. Um, so uh, so uh, I, I just don't want to give her that that praise that yeah, I know. Her, her no free clout tokens for for you stupid girl but yeah so um it, it made me sad but um i i just i it just taught me like a really important lesson early on in my life which obviously you had to learn the hard way right no young kid wants to um you know wants to get um, you know made fun of or get made to feel like a piece of shit just because they talked about the things that they truly love and enjoy right right i know that it was a little different for me i'm glad you figured it out that way because that honestly sounds I don't know if it was, it doesn't sound easier, but it sounds maybe a little more wholesome. I get, cause I kind of alienated myself, honestly, like mm. sixth grade, I was technically like a popular kid in the, my oh, first year of middle school. Okay. I don't know why, but that was just like, I had these group of friends and they ended up being popular and just so by association, I was too. But the next year I had fallen in back more with like the kids I grew up with. And we were, were like, I guess it was just bound to happen. I didn't belong with the popular kids anyways. I'm such a fucking weirdo, and I always have been. Um, that, But, like, when I fell back in with my close friends, honestly, they bullied me probably more than anyone else. Like, and, you know, we're still friends to this day, so it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. But, like, they... I was weird and I just wanted people to like me. And I knew that these guys would like me if I did weird shit. So they'd be like kind of daring me to do embarrassing stuff and I would do it and stuff like that. But I think, I don't know, I guess that just made me kind of anxious in general, like even around the people I'm supposed to be comfortable around. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like, I guess I kind of carried over into shows and stuff like that. And I think part of it is also the fact, like I mentioned earlier, like if you dance a certain way, people will get mad at you. That inspires anxiety. Like for, so and like, I don't know, that just made me nervous at a place where I was supposed to be comfortable. You know what I mean? Um, So like, I'm nervous around the kids I was close to. I was nervous at shows kind of, it just, it took me a while to just kind of, learn how to drop that shit i don't know for a long time i i honestly think also that drugs were a big part of the reason why i was so in my head i think maybe about it and stuff like that like you know weed makes people anxious and also like this doesn't help (laughs) but did you do the drugs because you were anxious or no i think i because when i first started Parting, I was just like, this seems fun and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, I know people say a lot of the times, like, they kind of, at least when I started, it was just because it seemed fun. After a while, I started self medicating for sure. But, um, yeah, so I guess the drugs originally added to the anxiety, and then I thought they were helping to deal with it but honestly they were doing the opposite for a long time in general like i thought like drugs were the only thing keeping me alive like you know i had that mentality that i feel like a lot of people honestly do where they're like i would kill myself if i couldn't like numb the pain of life with 
alcohol or weed or pills or whatever it was I was doing. But then when I stopped doing all those things, I realized that it was the only thing keeping me from really being happy because I'm, I've straight up been the happiest I've ever been since that ever happened. Mm -hmm. So it just, I, I know it's not a thing for everyone, but for me, that was what I think that held me back a lot. And when I, stopped doing these things i became more self-aware more confident i don't know how to explain other than that yeah no, I'm, I'm just happy that uh, you were able to you know get out of that and you know just kind of put yourself in a better mind state because you know not everybody uh you know can make it out and obviously there are you know so many stories of uh, people committing suicide and it's just so tragic right any way you look at it to, to think about it, it was so bad for that individual that they wanted to just end it all. And it's just, yeah. And it's just hard because like, you know, like I've never been in that situation. I, I've never known anybody like close to me that's done that. But like when I see people post about it, like, you know, like, you know, my friends who like, you know, have had their friends do it. It's just like, man, like, I, like, I don't even know what to say to you. Cause like, it's just like, I don't even know what the right thing is or, or if there is even a right thing. And, and it's just, it just bums me out when, when I think about it sometimes. I know it I'd, I'd be lying if I said I was never at that place because I was actually like the year when I was young I, I tried like once and then I like chickened out immediately mm -hmm. and stuff like that and then that was when I was like 16 or something like that it was like I like I swallowed a bunch of like my drugs and stuff like that and then I immediately puked them back up before they could even get in my system or anything like that when I was 18 though, like I was going through like the roughest time of my life where it was like my long-term girlfriend of like, you know, it's like a high school girlfriend, but we'd been dating since I was 16. Mm -hmm. um, and I was 19 at this point and when we broke up. And so I didn't have a girlfriend. I had like no friends at college my first semester um and i was like and when i started going into parties i started using pills and stuff again and that just made it worse because i was like i was going so far down and then i was taking uppers to get back up for class and then i was having to take downers to go back down and stuff like that and i was just like it just culminated in this giant thing where i was just you know i, I don't want to go too much into it for because I know this can be very like triggering for some people and stuff like that that mm -hmm. related in two attempts basically like I won't go too far into it just for that reason of like I know that can be rough for people to hear but um so I I, I did try that twice though and it neither took obviously um although if I'm being honest like I didn't try the hardest I guess, I guess I was very just like, I don't know if apathetic would be the word, but like me getting so drunk and wasted I, and then laying down on train tracks and passing out. Technically that, that like, that's what I did for the one. And then I just was lucky enough that a train didn't come while I was passed out. Damn, but that's like, that's rough. Well, I'm, yeah, gl I'm glad a, a train didn't come through right because well, obviously yeah, you're, you're here and like i said i'm i'm, I'm really happy that you're able to, to to find your way out of it because like like i said before like you're not everyone can and i'm really happy that you did because there's because uh, even at this point in my life right um mm -hmm. i 
this is probably like you know i try to appreciate everything in my life um all the time because you know nothing's guaranteed um, yes. and like I've, I've worked for a, a lot of the things that i have in my life so i always uh, try to uh, appreciate everything um you know every day but i always feel like you know there's still so much more out there that i want to do and i want to see so it's like all right cool like i've like like, like i said I, I appreciate everything that i have but there's so much more that i want um, so I'm, I'm always just trying to to grind and to you know be able to have yeah. these new experiences and do more stuff, and mm. and I, I I wish that for everybody, right? Because there's just this um, you know world, and even yeah. soon past the world, right? We're traveling out into space and all that if it's real. And um, I, I you know I'm kidding, I'm kidding, right? No, no I know I like uh, it. Though. Uh, and I, I just want everybody to just have a full life because I, I know people who are sad or who, who wish they could, you know, change their life. But I'm just like, God, like you got to fix your life. You, it, it starts with you. Like, you know, yeah. and it, it's not easy for everybody, right? We all don't walk the same path. We all, you know, uh, you know, figure it out um, in different ways. And I just hope that everybody can. And I just want and wish everybody can be happy and, and, and enjoy themselves because it's just like, yeah, as far as we know, we only get one shot at this. Right. And, and like you said, too, like, I think I'll, I, when you're in that hole, you don't realize that things are going to get better. They mm -hmm. do, obviously. Like things have gotten so much better for me. I can't even name all the ways. Like the fact that I have friends now, and I have a like me and my current girlfriend have been dating for three years now. Mm -hmm. um, like I just graduated from college. That's fucking insane. Congrats. Like that's things, awesome. Thank you. Like things that I almost missed out on. Yeah. Because I was so stuck in this void for like four months of like self-destruction. And I think when you're in that hole, it's hard to see the light on the other side of that tunnel. Mm -hmm. So to anyone listening to this that might be struggling with that, it I know it's corny as fuck, but it does get better legitimately. Yeah. And again, like you said, that starts with you a lot of times. Like I, at a certain point, I had to recognize that I was kind of being a bad person to the people around me. Uh, and that made me want to clean up my act because I was, I was straight up being a shitty, shitty person. Mm -hmm. Like I know people say like, you can't really give addicts too hard of a time because addiction is a terrible thing. And that's true. And it is, but you can also recognize when someone's being a piece of shit. And I was being a terrible person to the people I love. And I think every single fucking person that dealt with me and has decided to still be in my life because yeah. I could not blame them if they were like, man, fuck you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. No. And like, you know, there's people out there that truly love you and you know, it might be hard to see sometimes, but you know, people like that who stick around, that's, that's some real shit right there. Yeah. For real. And it's like, yeah, I wouldn't hold that against them either. If they had said like, I can't be around you anymore. I'd be like, yeah, that's fair. I guess I kind of fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I, I, I truly am lucky in that respect. And I w w want to bring it back to the Unity Barbecue, right? You mentioned oh, yeah, you, you mentioned people like uh, Bob Wilson, uh, Keith Gallagher, Marty Williams, Joe Hardcore. It makes me happy to hear someone like you speak so highly of them, right? Because this is uh, me a dude from california who yeah I, i've met those people in person i mm -hmm. i'm considered them friends they've been good to me right um they've all been on the podcast all super supportive of, of what i do and i have you know um, them in like high regard right just because of i know what they do for the you know pa scene what they do for philly and just like the hard work that they all put in you know whether it be playing those bands or putting on those shows 
um, you know, putting on fest in other states. So when, when I look at them and I, you know, respect them so much and to hear someone like you from the area and just hold them in the same regard and to know that they're also kind to you as well, right? Like a, a newcomer yeah. coming to the scene because they could have easily just brushed you off. Like, who's this kid that we've only seen a couple of times or have never been around yeah. before, right? But for them Dude, to- I've said that to them, like yeah. the way that they really just like, have been so accepting to me and mm -hmm. like some of my other friends that are also new to the Philly area and stuff like that. Like when they really could have like, they literally could have big time us and been like, don't True. talk to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, cause they've done a lot for the scene. Right. Like I was, yeah, they've, they've been around for years. They're just, like, they're veterans literally in the, even though that word is corny, like they're straight up, like the hardcore veterans of like Joe's fucking been around since forever. Mm -hmm. Bob, since the 2000s so with keith and marty like yeah yeah no. doing, it was when i was a kid when i, I was two yeah i remember fanboying over seeing bob wilson you know playing mother of mercy and you know seeing agitator back in the day and then you know fast forward to now and you know being able to uh you know uh, call those guys and you know hit them up and have them actually respond and be able right. to you know ask them for advice or even you know some personal stuff it's it, it, it's cool and i like appreciate that and, and yeah and just to hear that they're 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 real about uh, you know like how they are and you know real about the scene and they treat kids like you um, you know these newer kids to the scene with respect that's that's fucking awesome because because in my mind they see the big picture and they know that kids like you who are new and younger and coming around starting these bands that you guys are the future so they uh, they know that the only way to keep what they've built alive mm -hmm. is to you know to to put on for the new kids and to to, to uh, kind of show them the way and guide them and kind of bring them in instead of trying to keep them on the outside and and i think that is 100 what they've done at least for me like yo straight up if you see any like early videos of me moshing and stuff like that super amateur and now they they all call me like the new keith gallagher just because i'm like same thing you know like this most recent barbecue i was in me keith and my my guy eric wolk from off the tracks we were the three people that danced for all 18 bands that day mm -hmm. or 20 bands i forget how many there were because there was like those two secret sets yeah but like and like, I, I remember the first time, like, I think Kev Hare just like brought me to the side after like the Gulch, uh, Drain Hands of God show in Philly, stuff like that. And he's like, Ben, come a long way, dance wise. Good job. <laughs> I was just like, thanks, dude. Like, That's funny. <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, you know, and just for like Bob, someone whose bands I love to just even ask, like, hey, would you want to? play the barbecue like the second one i'm like yes mm -hmm. like i i couldn't have asked for anything better from this scene it's given me a whole new life basically mm -hmm. and i happy happy to be a part of it like i'm planning on going to grad school in a year or two and if i can i want to stay in philly like i'm not against moving to pittsburgh or moving to delaware or wherever wherever will take me because obviously my career and my future are very important to me but like i i would love to stay in philly this is like it's really become a second home to me okay and I, i'm curious about spirit flaw because um you, you did mention um some new stuff in the works 
can we yeah. expect that uh, anytime soon or are you guys still in the writing process? No, we are still definitely in the writing process. We're, I'm, we're talking back and forth about how many songs we want to do even. Mm-hmm. I, I think we're probably going to settle on like four song EP and stuff like that because I, as much as I would like to do like a six song EP at that point, I'm like, because we talked about that. We're like, I mean, we want to do like four or five, six. I'm like four or five because at, at six, I say, fuck it at a seventh or eighth song even and make it a full LP. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and five songs is weird. I yeah. feel like that's a, just an uneven length. And I don't, that makes me on that. I like, I just don't like that. Um, but I think also, I think like an EP is just the right move for us because, you know, we've only had our demo out to a point. We're still finding our sound even. Yeah. Like, we, you know, like exit wound was kind of a step away from most of our songs. Like that song is 45 seconds. Yeah. It's way shorter than the shorter most, than the intro. Yeah, exactly. And like, like, I think that song is like a minute long and the sample on it is like 17 seconds long. So that should give some insight. But like the ender riff is obviously very thrashy because Christian's guitar playing is just like that. But, um, but I don't know if you watched our set from the barbecue or anything like that, mm-hmm. the video, of it, but you probably saw the clip then of us playing like our new song that is legitimately like all, all of us. That is our favorite song that we've ever written. And if that is a sign for this record, I'm really excited because we rewrote that song. Like by like we workshop that about five times. Okay. And each time, like originally we didn't have the breakdown to that song. We didn't have, we didn't have a lot. Like it originally it was just that main riff over and over repeat. Travis repeated the chorus like three times and stuff like that. Um, and we just kept workshopping it over and over until we got it to its final product, which like now it has like that little groovy, like breakdown kind of thing that I love. And then, we workshopped it again because and Christian added like this super riffy part at the end, which I love also. And we both thought we, the song needed it because up until that point, that was the first song where he was playing straight chords. And he's like, I don't like that. I want to do like something fun. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. do it please. Uh, Originally we or like, not originally, but um, at one point we had the breakdown totally different and it was going to, it sounded almost like trapped under ice style breakdown and i thought that sounded really good and i might actually want to bring that back for a different song at some point but yeah we only have the one song down but we have like a lot of new like christian is always saying riffs in the chat i'm i'm always there if he needs help filling in the gaps and stuff like that i think right now our main focus honestly is probably playing shows while we can okay and because we just got a couple set up, one for uh, September 4th and then one for like November something. Uh, that Both of those are going to be amazing. I'm trying to set something up for October. Honestly, playing once a month is kind of works within their availability. But like if we do a banging showcase every time, 
that's fucking fine with me. Uh, and then I think if we do go into quarantine again, we will focus a lot harder on writing this new record. I will say Christian's already all, already working on the artwork though, and it looks super cool. <laughs> like I, it's something that like this is what I wanted from both of them, and both of them capture that, which is like, do you buy records? Uh, not hardcore records. Okay, but like you. I, generally the feeling that I wanted to get from the artwork of all our stuff so far is like you're flipping through the record store you see a, just a record with like artwork and you don't know the band but it's cheap enough and it looks so fucking cool that you're like I'm going to take a chance and spend my $5 on X mm-hmm. or like cause, and I think that that is the what he's accomplishing with all of our artwork because I think they all look super cool and I think that if someone didn't know who we were, that might inspire them to check us out just based on the look of the album alone. Yeah, that, that's one way to draw somebody in because that's how you guys got me was scrolling yeah. through Twitter and whoever retweeted it or whatever. I was like, who's this weird Grim Reaper looking dude slicing the earth in half? This is pretty interesting. Let me check it out. And here we are, right? This is yeah, right. A, this has been long overdue, right? Like I said, I, I, I you, you guys were on my imaginary list. I have this list. I, I have multiple lists in my head, um, and you guys were on the good well, list. You, you were on the good list. We were able to make it work, and, and I'm happy, right? Because uh, just with scheduling, and I, I don't know, and I don't really, uh, I, I, I obviously booked the podcast far enough in advance. But right. there's um, there's just people or bands that I, I've always wanted that just don't really like it just doesn't make sense in my mind to want to ask just because I, I try to have things. I always try to have things just be relevant. Right. Yeah. Um, but when I uh, was looking at the Unity Barbecue 2.5 flyer, I was like, man, I need to have somebody from Spirit Flaw on. And that's why I reached out just because um, you guys played that. And I was like, yeah, this finally like I'm stoked for them. And but I, I need to make this happen. Well, I really appreciate because, like I said, like I've listened to your stuff pretty much since like I forget what the first one I listened to was. I, you did an interview with someone from Philly, like it was way before Marty's. Um, maybe who else did you do them with? Like uh, Bob or Joe or I've, yeah, I've had Joe on multiple times. Uh, Bob, I probably one of his. Like I think that sounds right in my head. Like I think I listened to one of yours with his, and then I just kind of like. Like I said, I like listened at work and stuff like mm-hmm. that to podcasts and stuff like that. And so when you asked me that, I was like, I, I, I like literally laughed out loud because I was like, why would he want to do that with me or like with anyone from this band? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like, cause you know, to a point we are still up and coming. We played one fucking show. We don't have that many streams or anything like that, but I am super flattered and super excited to be doing this with you. So thank you for your listening mm-hmm. and doing this yeah no and it's, it's mutual I, I i thank you for listening like you know obviously you mentioned that you listen to the podcast and that's part of the reason why i do this uh and i, I always got to re- remind everybody right like even though i do this uh you know multiple times a week I, I i talk to people from like you know so many different bands um i I'm, I'm always wanting to have people on that i am either a fan of right like a fan of their mm-hmm. band or their art or whatever they do or I, I just um, people that I think would be interesting to talk to. And it's just for me, I want to just help spread what I think is interesting and cool and what I think people 
um, who may not be informed, you know, should be checking out. So this is just my way to help spread um, more of my taste. So I'm, I'm infecting. The, uh, <laughs> I see. I didn't. I didn't want to say that because somebody called me that before. Somebody like legit said that I was a tastemaker, and I'm. I don't want to be that responsible. I don't want people to like look at me and be like, "Oh, does does Jamie think that's good?" I I, I don't want to be any kind of like barometer. I want people to form their own opinions and tastes. Well, I think it's kind of just like what we said earlier. You got your finger on the pulse, and sometimes you just kind of get a jump start on what knowing what shit is good. Maybe before it hits the general hardcore populace, you know what I mean? It's like I bet with Warren, that was kind of the same thing. I bet you knew about them probably even before the from within thing oh yeah. like oh, yeah. the fact that yeah exactly so like for a lot of people this record is their intro to warn mm-hmm. you kind of had your finger on the pulse of that one that would be an example of that yeah it, it, it's a blessing and a curse right because like obviously okay. like um like i said go look at the resume go go check out the um you know list of guests from from antonio from spine to ben stuckey it's been nothing but bangers right everybody's been but but i'm, I'm telling you it, it's mutual like just and it just so happens that people that i reach out to um everybody just happens to be cool and down to do it and down to earth people people that i feel like we you know share a lot of the same ideals and you know obviously like we all have this common love for hardcore and just other stuff so it, it, it's um I'm, I'm just trying to say that I'm just a normal dude who happened to start a podcast that gained some traction. It could have been you. could have been anybody else. Well, I'm glad it was you. You're a cool guy. I I appreciate that. But Ben, before we sign off, and I I really do appreciate you coming on, but before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say or shout out? Yeah. uh, I got some new bands coming up pretty soon, actually. Snub Nose. Yeah, Snubnosed uh, should be out within the first week of September, hopefully. It's, it's going to be a three-song demo, but we okay. recorded with Wyatt O. Uh, oh, legendary. Through. Wait, you went to the Knife Layer? Yeah, we went to the Knife Layer and I'm stuff jealous. like that. I know, like, I know it's a demo and stuff like that, but we wanted it to sound really good. And we're like, as long as we don't get it mastered, that's still a demo. Fuck it. Like, but mm. we, we had ideas and stuff like that. Like, So what I've been saying is like, it sounds like Downpressor oh, if good band. Todd Jones played guitar. Crazy. Like, it's Because we used HM2 <laughs> pedals and stuff like that, but okay. it sounds like a Downpressor song, I think. Um, and our singer's been, the people that have, the few people that have heard it are like, this guy sounds like the Cold World singer. And I'm like, yeah, you're actually already kind of does and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Take, take this what you will. I think you'll like it if you like heavy hardcore. This is definitely the heaviest band. I'm in as of now. Actually, no, that's not true. Uh, but that's the other thing I, I just want to shout out. I'm going to be in, we're working on this project for this band Life Cut Short and this other band, uh, Last Man Out, where both songs were, or both bands, the songs were written by our drummer, Andrew Cuts, who plays drums and snub nose. Mm-hmm. He's like the fucking the Beethoven of hardcore. He only plays drums, but he can write music really well Interesting. so he wrote out all the guitar and bass parts and drums for these songs and he's like he wrote it down on sheet music and he said play this and basically we're modeling this after the no retreat crutch split of pennsylvania because you know he we're all pennsylvania hardcore pa love die, it. you know like i love it so i just want to plug those in real quick and i want to give a shout out again to from Within Records, Carter's the fucking man. Shout out Payback. Shout out Wido. 
and the knife lair. Shout out Bob Wilson. Uh, well, shout out Wilkes Bear. Honestly, they got a cool scene over there. They have the scene that I wish the Lehigh Valley still had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to start trying to book shows here just because I would like to get Lehigh Valley popping back up if I could and hopefully bring it back to its former glory that it once had. It used to have a really popping hardcore scene and it died out just due to like scene shift. It kind of went emo for mm-hmm. a while, which isn't a bad thing. Cause we have like the band snowing. If you know them, like Not from familiar. here, uh, awesome emo band, probably the best, that emo revival okay. era. Um, but shout out Chris reject. He is like cool. Older punk guy he gave me a job at his t-shirt, like screen printing place when I was 17 and a piece of shit. So, uh, and shout out to you. Thank you again for having me, man. I appreciate it. I'm sorry. One last thing. I I wanted to ask you about the PA anarchy and hardcore zine. When's issue three coming out? Dude, honestly, I might be done with it. I'm Oh, sad news. I know. I'm sorry. I, I want to keep doing it. It's just, I have had so many problems of like thinking I send all of them out, finding out some of them. I didn't send out right. Then fucking post office messes stuff up and people don't end up getting their stuff and it was honestly i had a good time writing it Mm -hmm. i did not have a good time mailing it out and dealing with all the shit that goes along with that and also i just don't know if i'm that good at it if that makes sense like i i know the people that like it like it but about i i gave all the money from each of those to charity Mm -hmm. and each time i only raised about a hundred dollars which is nice, you know, but like each time about 10 people bought each one, um, which isn't to say that I only do things that are popular. It's just like, I have more, I have, I'm doing things right now that probably take precedence over that zine. Okay. And I don't know. Also, I've kind of gone under a political shift in my own life where I guess my politics have shifted from, more collective anarchism to more individual Okay. where I'm focusing very much on my individual self and surroundings. Uh, but it's, it's hard to sum up, but basically I, I will let you, I'll, you will be the first to know. I will text you if I end up doing a third one. Okay. My idea is to do it with like record labels specifically this scene. So like, okay. uh, what is it? Like catalyst records. Who's done like a bunch of good vegan straight edge stuff. Uh, maybe like a Philly one. I know a guy in the Lehigh Valley who's, or actually a person, sorry. Shout out Doug. Uh, they do a cool zine. But yeah, so sorry if your order is not out to you, please fucking message me. I think I've gotten all of them. And if I didn't, I am so sorry that I'm bad at a zine. I try to be better at things, but all right. can't be good at everything. <laughs> Ben, I appreciate everything that you do. Looking forward to hearing the new bands. I I enjoy Spirit Flaw, so thank you and all your friends for doing that. And thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for, for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>